Welcome to the weekly NFL Reaction Show podcast. A show that brings meaning and purpose to this past week's NFL action. We will share our opinions on the NFL, but more importantly, we want to encourage you in your faith. Together, we'll unpack football, faith, and life. Now, from his mic to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast, where we unpack sports, faith, and life. I'm Bryce Johnson. So glad to be with you today. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. This is our recap show as we unpack the weekend that was. And man, so many awesome things took place on NFL Sunday. We saw upsets during college football on Saturday. And now we've got the NBA Finals all set with the Lakers and the Heat. So we have got a ton of to unpack today and I want to spend a lot of time unpacking the Eagles and the Bears and the quarterback situations in both of those cities the way that they're connected is crazy and and that was both of those games I was most invested in over the weekend and so that's what I found myself most uh I don't know emotionally uh, involved with uh so it was a ton of fun but uh but before we jump to all that let me ask you this Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. Coming up in October, we have the fifth annual Unpacking It Golf Tournament presented by Strategic Planning Corporation. And it takes place in Charlotte. And I'm pleased to, to, to share that we are almost sold out and and kind of that capacity and and so anyway i'm i'm encouraging you to get involved with this golf tournament but not necessarily as a player uh so this year if you want to support this ministry support this podcast support our golf tournament whether you live in charlotte or you live somewhere else we would greatly appreciate it and so uh we could really just use your support and help and so you can go to unpackingit.com slash golf Find out ways that you can uh, sponsor the the tournament. You could be a whole sponsor uh, or or some other sponsor for the tournament. And then also, if you want to personally donate and support the golf tournament and and support the ministry, you can do that as well. Details, unpackingit.com slash golf. And thanks to Strategic Planning Corporation for being this year's presenting sponsor. Really, really excited about our, our tournament and the fact that it's the fifth one we've done pretty pretty sweet before we talk eagles and bears how about we run through some just quick reactions and and quick thoughts from all the games from sunday and so we'll start in the nfl because i was locked in especially for the one o'clock games which will be my normal routine this fall the four o'clock games are challenging for me because uh i gotta make sure i spend some time with uh, little maddie so uh, I have to uh, pick my pick my spots a little bit, so I, I lock in one to four red zone, and then whatever other game is on. And what was so funny this this week was locally in Charlotte, the Panthers were on at four, and so it was hard for me to be as as into that game. But awesome that the Panthers won, and, and kind of crazy. But the one o'clock game was Chicago and Atlanta, and beforehand I'm thinking we got to find a way to get another game on. 
I, I can't sit here and watch Chicago and Atlanta. We got to find we got to find something else. That was you know the game of the day, at least from an excitement standpoint. At the end, there were some better matchups throughout the day for sure, but uh, that ended up being great. So here are some of my reactions from all the games, starting with Houston and Pittsburgh. I thought Houston would finally get a win. And the, the fact that they fall to 0-3 is very concerning. And when you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league and you know that he's not the problem, like it's not him playing poorly, he's fine, but to not surround him with the right talent is such a waste and it's so frustrating. And we've had similar conversations over the years about the Texans, and so it's getting kind of old and and so the, the the window when you have these these young quarterbacks in their peak and I guess his contract's about to kick in but uh, or maybe it, it did this year you have to take advantage of this if you're the Texans and you're, you're you know Baltimore and Kansas City that's where Houston needs to be they need to be right in that mix and I know Pittsburgh's good and I'm really high on Pittsburgh but Houston needed this win and I know it was in Pittsburgh but still you cannot allow your team to go. 0-3 to start the year, so I was I was actually surprised that they weren't able to, to get kind of a nice win against Pittsburgh, but I'm not surprised that Pittsburgh keeps winning. This is the, the, the classic bounce-back team where last year it was, the story was they didn't have Ben Roethlisberger. Now they do. They've got young weapons, even though Deontay Johnson got injured. This team is, is loaded. The defense is tremendous, and, and so they're going to be in the mix at the end. Baltimore, Kansas City, look out. It's not going to be you know easy through the AFC playoffs. You're going to have to deal with Pittsburgh. You, you really are. All right, uh, let's go to San Francisco, New York Giants. The 49ers just winning is key because they're banged up. So the, the fact that it was, it was significant and, and convincing, I think, gives them some confidence to say, all right, we're deep enough, we're strong enough, we're well-coached enough. It doesn't matter who the running back is. We are good to go. They'll continue to be in the mix. And with the Rams and Arizona both losing, San Francisco can feel okay today. The Giants, on the other hand, disaster. I mean, the idea that the Giants and the Jets are both this bad, and you feel for the Giants because they're they're without Barkley, but it's going to be a long year for them. The the Giants aren't going to turn it around. I don't expect them to get hot. It's just going to be a tough year for them. And the Giants and the Jets have to use this year to figure out is their quarterback of the future on the roster do the Giants fully buy into Daniel Jones because more is going to be asked of him this year and even if they don't win a lot of games how well will he play and will that give them uh, enough buy-in moving forward and then the Jets uh, similar type setup but it's it's not looking good for the Jets uh speaking of the Jets so they fall yet again and they lost to a Colts team that I'm I'm very high on, and the fact that Philip Rivers, you know, kind of that first game against Jacksonville, it was get to know each other, and and let's face it, he was a new quarterback with a you know new team. They didn't have the, the the preseason that affected them, I think, in that week one. Now the Colts are rolling; they they're winning convincingly. They're looking good. Their they they their defense is actually well, it looks good against the the Jets, but still, I think there there are enough players there heading into the year that you could feel pretty good about that Colts D. Now they're showing it. Now they're the real deal. Look out for the Colts. And they'll be they'll be giving the Titans a run for their money in that division because now you know the, the, the Texans have a long ways to go. Do they respond like they've done in years past? I don't know. And, and I think it's going to be a lot harder because of the Titans being undefeated and the Colts being as legit as they are. So the Titans hanging on 
to to beat the Vikings was huge, 31-30. And I, uh, the, the Vikings were another team going into this year that I had relatively high hopes for them. A, a similar roster to last year. You know, they lose Stephon Diggs. We're seeing how much that, that hurts them. It really does, even though Jefferson was unbelievable. But I some for some reason, that offense is off. And, and, and now, I guess, Jefferson, you know, through two weeks, I think Diggs maybe was an issue. Now maybe Jefferson can fill that, that void. But Thielen hasn't been as sharp since week one. What's going on with Kirk Cousins? I'm not so sure they turn this around either. I think they're an 0-3 team that I, I, I've lost confidence in, and it could be a, a tough year for them, even though Dalvin Cook, unreal. Jefferson, unreal. But not enough. The Titans are too tough. The Titans are that classic team this year that – they find ways to win. It's not always pretty. You kind of scratch your head. Away. How did they do it? They just win. And Vrabel, he shows he shows you what a great head coach he is. He's he's changed the culture there in Tennessee. I, I love what the Titans are doing. And and that was a, a very solid win to uh, to go up to Minnesota and and move to three and L. All right, the Patriots and the Raiders, New England. With the, you know, the loss against Seattle, no big deal. Could have gone either way. They come out, they and then the Raiders come off the big win against the, the Saints. They're feeling all great about themselves. Nice little wake-up call for them because the Patriots, it's just the same story every year. Like, I don't even know, I don't even know what else to say about them. It's Bill Belichick. It's finding Rex Burkhead and, and putting him in there. Or it's, it's whoever it is. It doesn't matter who it is. It's Rex Burkhead, three touchdowns. He gives guys career games. Rex Burkhead will never rush for three touchdowns again. Remember, uh, what was his name? Orlandis Gary? Was that, was that his name? The one guy, he had like three touchdowns, and then the Patriots cut him the next week? Or maybe it was that Monday they cut him. But these kind of guys, oh, what was his name? Gray? Or, you have to text me. I can't remember what it was. But, uh, but that's what the Patriots do. And you know, James White is out, sadly. And they just decided to, to run the ball. So, Sonia Michelle actually looked better. The, 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 even though Cam didn't light it up, he didn't throw the ball much, it doesn't matter. They can run the ball. Belichick just he adjusts every week, every half. He utilizes whatever uh, mismatch they have, and they, they capitalize on it. So they ran the ball into the ground and beat the, the Raiders. And the defense was awesome and rattled Carr and, and disrupted that offense, uh, even though they were feeling pretty good coming off of Monday night. So... Uh, yeah, the Patriots are for real. No, move along. <laughs> they're, they're right there. But the Buffalo Bills in their division, they almost blew it. And the Bills, what a, what a team. They're fans. I feel for them because they're so excited for this year. They're loving life. I've, I've got a close friend who's a Bills fan, and, and he sends a message in our group text. And here we go, Bills. Yeah, they're up big. And then all of a sudden, the Rams start chipping away at the lead, making the comeback. And Bills fans panic. And, and sure enough, they're able to hang on. But Josh Allen is showing that he is legit. He's consistent. He is their quarterback of the future and the now. He's their franchise guy. It's, it's pretty much been cemented at this point. And, and they, they've got to feel really good about that. And, and Singletary had a nice game running the ball. Uh, I kept wanting to see him get in the end zone because he's on my fantasy team, but uh, but he played well, and and then they used different weapons. Different tight ends were getting involved. Cole Beasley had a nice day. Uh, Diggs, I mean, they're, they've got it, and and it's nice to face the adversity and, and still hold on to the win. 
to, to where, okay, you let, you let the Rams back in. How are you going to handle it? How are you going to respond? You're going to get rattled a little bit. He, he, uh, Allen was called for that big pass interference, uh, uh, grab the face mask, face mask, uh, personal foul. But they responded. And, and so I would, I would also not write off the Rams. I think the Rams' ability to come back in that game was impressive too. They're here to stay. Uh, I think the Rams are here to stay. I think they're going to be competing for that division. I mean, it's wide open with 49ers and, and the Rams and the Cardinals, of course, playing for second behind Seattle. But Seattle continues to get injured. I mean, guys banged up. Carson now banged up. He should be okay, but eh, he's still those dings start adding up and 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 you go back out there you play through injuries then you hurt something else so uh they're not out of the woods with Carson yet but they hung on to the win as well I mean there was a lot of just that's what the NFL is you got to hang on to the win so Dallas made it interesting but not enough the story for Dallas is Ezekiel Elliott has to be successful running the ball and Dallas will win but he didn't he was under 100 yards uh he caught some balls out of the backfield but they have to run the ball with Zeke He's what makes that offense go. And, and so if they want to, they've got to get out to early leads and, and then let him carry you. But this, uh, you know, they, they came back against Atlanta last week, but that's not the formula. You don't want that formula. So to try to come back and beat Seattle in Seattle, that, that's, that's tough. All right, Tampa Bay, Denver. Denver is one of the worst teams. They're right there with the Giants and the Jets. Uh, quarterback injured. Wide receivers injured. I mean, it's... Von Miller out. It's it is going to be a an ugly season for Denver, and it's too bad because there was some hype surrounding them that some of that young talent would have been fun this year, and maybe they weren't expecting to win a ton of games, but they would have been a lot better than what they showed on on Sunday, ten points, and and just struggled all around. And then Tampa Bay, another chance for them to to really shine. They got the Panthers and then the Broncos, so. They're feeling pretty good. It, to me, it's still fool's gold. I, I'm not sold on the Bucks just yet. I, I, I'm open to the fact that, that I will be sold later in the year, but I'm just not there yet. So I'm not totally writing off Tom Brady, but until I see them beat some big-time big teams, I'm just not, I'm not going there as the confidence level of, oh, yeah, I think the Bucs are going to the NFC Championship game or they're going to the Super Bowl. I, I'm, not, I'm not there yet, even though Brady is playing well. He looked good. Uh, Godwin though banged up I mean he continues to be injured even though he got in the end zone but though uh, Brady's Brady's still good um so all right anyway uh Packers they're awesome lock them in I mean lock them in they are going to win that division they are good to go they have everything clicking right now they're pretty healthy so they got to if they that continues they'll they'll be even in you know better shape than than most uh so that helps and then the the Saints they're in trouble but I, but I thought this before the season. Breeze doesn't have it. It's, it's evident. They had their chances the last couple of seasons, three seasons in a row. They had their chances in the playoffs. It was, it was a Super Bowl caliber team. They fell short. It's just not going to happen again. This is going to be a hard year for them. Um, all right. Is that everybody? Uh, Detroit, nice win for them. Let, let's stop with the hype on Arizona. Let, let's pump the brakes a little bit. They'll, they'll be okay. They'll be competitive. But they're, they're not a top team. Like I said, they're, they're, they can compete for second place in that division, but I would still give them the last chance uh, of, of those three teams. I would put the Rams and the 49ers ahead of them. So they're going to finish fourth in their division, in my opinion. But there, there was a lot of hype because they started off 2-0. Detroit kind of woke them up a little bit. Good for Detroit. At least, at least they can get one win. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a up-and-down year for, for Detroit. I think if they, if they end up finally using 
DeAndre Swift carry on and, and, and not relying on Adrian Peterson as much, I think that's better for them currently and long-term. But they, they don't seem to do that. Uh, and then, let's see. Oh, gosh. The Browns-Washington game was brutal. That was hard to watch. So I don't really want to talk much about that. But a, a couple nice throws for uh, Haskins. A couple nice throws. But, uh, but Cleveland, come on. we got, we got to see some bigger wins than Cincinnati and Washington before we start hyping you up too much. But they got the win, so that's, not, that's nice for Cleveland. All right, let's talk about the, uh, the, the, the best games of the day. And it, it really, for me, the Nick Foles story. Going into the year, I, I thought he would be the guy. And I, this played out not surprising at all. You, you let Trubisky start. He gets a couple wins, okay, but he doesn't play great. And then at some point this year, you you had that in your back pocket to say, okay, we'll put Foles in, he'll be the spark, and let him carry us. And that's what he did in the game against Atlanta, and that's what he'll continue to do the rest of the way as long as he stays healthy. The, the story that I wrote about today for Unpack This that I'll share with you on the podcast as well is Nick Foles is capable of comebacks, Big time, you know, uh, sparks. Uh, he just has that demeanor, the character, the teamwork, the leader, like all those intangibles. He's got it. He's the kind of guy you want back there, especially with, with a team like the Bears that, that they've got a pretty good defense. I think Montgomery's a good enough running back. The receivers are good enough weapons that, that Foles gives you the confidence to, to make it happen. And, and so uh, what I focus on today, though, is because of what he's done in the past, you can have confident that, confidence that he can do it again. And, and so as I'm watching this game, I'm watching it with three guys. We're sitting around, and I go, oh, here comes Foles. This, this is my guy. I'm pulling for him. He's not on my fantasy team. It's no, I've never even had him on the show. There, there's no other reason than I just love the guy. I'm just a fan. I'm just a straight-up fan. I don't care about the Bears. I actually don't even like the Bears. But I root for Nick Foles. And I thought maybe, you know, Jacksonville, that was not a great situation. But I thought, all right, he's, he's good enough. But things didn't work out there. In Chicago, it makes sense. It adds up. It's, it's, it's a better opportunity than Jacksonville because this is a team that could go to the playoffs and Foles can be the guy. So, uh, so I, was, I just loved the atmosphere of watching this game yesterday because it was a boring game. It was the Falcons and the Bears. And then Foles just ignites the excitement because it gave the Bears hope. We know what Trubisky can do. And I know he had a nice comeback against Detroit in week one, but he just doesn't do it for me. He just doesn't have the, the quarterback demeanor that you want. And even though Foles, he may not be the most charismatic guy, he's, he's just the, the, the backup quarterback that he gets into that huddle, the guys respond. And we saw it. We absolutely saw it. So my, uh, my, my message for us today from a spiritual standpoint, encouragement in our faith, we've, we've seen this, this movie play out before in, <laughs> in Nick Foles' career where th- this idea of here we go again. Here we go again. Nick Foles, the backup, coming in to be the hero. He's done it in Philadelphia. He did it all the way to the Super Bowl the following year. He also came in and won four games, got them into the playoffs, and and won a playoff game actually against the Bears. 
And so in the wild card weekend. And so and he had a game winning touchdown and, and fourth down and incredible finish. And so now he's wearing a Bears uniform. It's 2020. Here we go again. We know what he's capable of. And the players responded. The coaches responded. Now he's the starter moving forward. And, and it's really exciting. And so for us, you know, how, how many of us are facing our own 26 to 10 deficit? And, and who are we turning to? And, and are we wondering, is God going to come through for us by, by answering our prayers? And so if we find ourselves in a new struggle or a similar scenario, it's crucial that we look back at what God has done in the past, that we look at God's goodness and faithfulness over the years and, and remember that he's capable of repeating what he's done before. He's already shown us his power, his, his, the way that he's provided, the way that he strengthened us, uh, the, the way that, that he's redeemed countless difficult situations that we've faced throughout our lives. And, and especially if we've been a follower of Jesus for a while, we can look back and go, man, God showed up there, God showed up there, God showed up there. And, and that's what we cling to. And so we turn to him again. And, and so when, when a situation pops up and we go, oh, here we go again, the, the response is, oh, here we go again. God can show up. And, we, and, and then when you start looking for it, you start seeing God's work in our lives. And you go, oh, yeah, oh, God's, God's going to move in this way. God's going to move in this way. Oh, yep, here it is. God's capable of it. You get the phone call, you you get the encouragement from somebody, and you, you see God working. And and it was just like during that game. We saw early on, even though the first few drives didn't end well for the Bears, you saw the, the glimpses of what was possible. Because really, the, the Nick Foles uh, interception could have gone either way. But they were getting in position to score a touchdown. A little bit on the wide receiver on that one. And then the other play, too, was on the wide receiver because Miller... Uh, it was kind of a drop touchdown pass. He, he, he ended up redeeming himself, but he missed the one where he should have just hung on to it a little bit better, and that would have been a touchdown. So we, we saw what Foles was, was capable of, and, and then uh, he came through in the end, and, and Chicago won the game. And so what we have to do as, as, as we trust in God is remind ourselves that we can't count him out, that we can count on him, we're able to, to, to trust him in, in the, the multiple ways that he can come through. Maybe it's the same way that he came through in the past as far as the specific details, but that's not as important. It, it's important that his faithfulness, it's his love toward us, that's what will be the same. And so Nick Foles is in a different situation. It's a different team, but he's capable of, of helping that, that Bears team in a similar way because that's his character. That's who Nick Foles is. And so for us... God's character is he's faithful, he's loving, he's the provider, and he gives us power and strength that we need when, when we face our own 26 to 10 deficits. So today, as, as we um, you know, just reflect on that game, which was just such a great game, that's what I think about. That, that's, that's what I hope you'll think about as well. And, and, and ultimately, no comeback is too big for God because, let's face it, what he did on the cross as, as Jesus you know, was, was there and, and he was brought back to life. He was resurrected. And so that's the greatest comeback. And so today we can call upon him and, and anticipate the incredible ways he'll show up because if, if he can conquer death, he can, he can meet us in, in any situation that, that we're facing. So, um, man, 
what a what an awesome uh, awesome story. I'll be rooting for Nick Foles big time. And and then the flip side of that game, I don't want to lead with the negativity, but the Atlanta Falcons, their season is over. It's time to move on from Dan Quinn. I think it's pretty obvious. I I just don't know what other argument you can make. And it's easy as fans, oh, fire the coach, fire the coach. And there's a lot of uh, you know built-in relationships there and, and all that sort of thing. But as the head coach, you have to take responsibility when your team unravels. When your offense is so bad and incomplete pass after incomplete pass, that was my big takeaway watching the game. The time that the Bears had. They, they had so much time to come back. They even they, they, It's not like they were successful on every drive like I was talking about. So they had chance after chance after chance because Atlanta couldn't put the Bears away. The, that was on the Falcons. The Falcons had to put the, the, the Bears out of their, you know, out of, out of uh, a comeback possibility. But they, they didn't score again. 26 points. And they hit a wall. Nothing. Incomplete, incomplete. Stop the, stop the uh, game clock. All right, we'll give the Bears another chance. Oh, let's give the Bears another chance. Let's give them another chance. Well, you give them enough chances, they're going to come back and win. And so for back-to-back weeks, this is what the, the Falcons have done. And, and so, you know, Matt Ryan, sure, you can blame him for sure. But you're not going to go get a better quarterback. They're, Matt Schaub isn't coming in there to save the day. They don't have Nick Foles on that sideline. But there might be a coach in that locker room that can light a spark. And I think it's probably Raheem Morris. I, I thought he was too young for the job that he got in Tampa Bay. But he's probably... Uh, do another chance it's been gosh yeah a number of years since he was the head coach in Tampa Bay uh, didn't you know end great there but somebody like him they have to find it in that locker room to say hey sorry Dan Quinn we look at the sideline and fi- he was finally showing some emotion at the end there and not that it's all about showing emotion but y- y- you gotta get that team focused and ready and, and responding and and Atlanta didn't do it and so uh, so that was if you're a Falcons fan, that was hard to watch. That was brutal. And then, speaking of brutal, well, I guess we're ending on the negative note here today. The Philadelphia Eagles. For one, you can't have ties in football. This is the NFL. This is the, the, the number one sport in America. And we had two teams tie on Sunday. I mean, that game was absolutely terrible. And, and I, know, I know we've got loyal listeners that are Eagles fans. And I've got family members up in Philly. I started Carson Wentz on my fantasy team. I was pulling for him. I was pulling for the Eagles. The Bengals are not very good. They're in rebuilding mode. Carson Wentz should have lit up that secondary. I mean, at times he, he did, I guess, a little here and there. But that was because he still finished with over 20 fantasy points. But that was such an ugly game. It was sloppy. It was in, you know, interceptions. They should have handled Cincinnati no problem. But this is such a bigger issue now in Philadelphia. And... It all goes back to the fact that Nick Foles won the Super Bowl and the fact that Frank Reich won the Super Bowl because those two guys are not there. And so if you're an Eagles fan, it's no wonder you're frustrated because you're thinking, Doug Peterson, you got to go for it in overtime. You can't settle for the, the punt at the end of the game. You got to go for it. Either go for a long field goal or just throw it. And, and see what happens, and I, I know Eagles fans would rather lose. And, and come to find out, Peterson has gone back on his, on his decision. It was a bad decision to punt there, uh, and so kind of basically end the game in a tie. That's not how Eagles fans are, and really that's not what got the Eagles to the Super Bowl, playing that kind of football. So they have to get back to that. 
But Frank Reich was a key to the success of the Eagles as their, their offensive coordinator. And Nick Foles, of course, was the Super Bowl MVP. Wentz is talented. And Wentz is probably, yeah, I mean, he is. I think skill set-wise, he's better than Nick Foles. But Nick Foles fit there, and and he has the love of the Eagles teammates and coaching staff and fans. But Carson Wentz doesn't have that because Carson Wentz has let the Eagles down because he's been injured, and which is in some ways out of his hands, but he hasn't come through when they needed him most. And so he hasn't built up the credibility and the love. And so now he's struggling, and I can't imagine how difficult it is for him to handle that pressure. He doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. He, he, may, he may have been on that team, and he may have helped them win I forget how many games that season, but he put them in a position to where they could you know, win enough to get into the playoffs, and, and he was having an MVP caliber season, but that was not his Super Bowl championship. And as a quarterback, that ring only counts if you're winning that thing. You're out there playing. And so that's a, a, a weird situation. And, and Doug Peterson has earned enough credibility, and it's not the idea of firing Peterson isn't there, but questioning Peterson is, is fair. And part of it, the play calling and and wondering about this offense and not bringing in the right offensive weapons either or not utilizing them fully and so not setting up Wentz for success. I don't know. There's there's a lot of questions in Philadelphia. And that loss from from against Cincinnati coming from the weekend is just really bad or a tie. It's a it's a loss. I'm sorry. It's a loss on the on the scoreboard or on the standings. It's a tie. That's a loss. It was a loss for everybody. It was a loss for anybody that watched it. It's just a loss. And then, I mean, just the idea that Nick Foles is over there with a comeback win in Chicago and that the Eagles fans are watching their team unravel and just not get anything going and, and went struggle for most of that game. You just can't make this up. And that's why we love the drama of the NFL. That's the that's the story there. It's uh, it's crazy. And then you throw in Jalen Hurts, who if Jalen Hurts was on any other team, I'd be pulling for him to get out there. I really would. I I, I hate to see the Eagles move on from Wentz, and and I, I I think it would be foolish to do that to bench him. Um, he's still too good. Like he's too good to do that. He's he's shown the talent wise, but he hasn't been the the reliable star in key moments for the Eagles yet and that's the problem whereas Mitch Trubisky he he just hadn't shown enough any any time really I mean a few plays here and there and the Detroit comeback was okay but why were they down in that game and so it wasn't surprising that they moved on from Trubisky especially after his season last year but with Wentz yeah I mean if he gets injured again Jalen Hurts goes out there plays well you move on from Wentz in the offseason I think that's fair. I think that's like that's that's a possibility. I could see that playing out. I I, I could, and it, it might be better for Wentz to start over somewhere where he doesn't have that that same Super Bowl monkey on his back that that he wasn't a part of the the team that he really was on that was the guy and wasn't the guy and Foles comes in. I mean that, that's just a mess. Like it was it was awesome in the moment for for Philly and they're loving life. They won a Super Bowl. But Philly fans are never satisfied. <laughs> they want another one, and, and that's long gone, right? That Super Bowl is long gone at this point. And, and it's, uh, yeah, the, the excitement has worn off. Um, so it's just, I, I'm fascinated by it. I love both storylines, so I'll, I'll be watching it closely 
uh, in the coming weeks and how it all plays out. So we'll talk about it again next Monday. Uh, kind of ran out of time today to talk about the the Lakers, but we'll talk more about the finals uh, as we see how that plays out. And I'm I'm, I'm watching and, and listening and thinking about the the Lakers winning that game and, and LeBron. I've been at this point, but this this is starting to solidify it more that LeBron should be considered the goat. And I know people maybe just drove off the road uh, hearing me say that, but it's always like dramatic to say that, and, and uh, to me it's not. And and I'll I'll list more of those reasons on, on a podcast coming soon. But but let, let's see what he does if the if the Lakers do win this, which I anticipate they will. He really is the best basketball player we've seen. You got to take out the annoying parts about him. Some of the th- even the idea that he switched teams, like we just have to take some of that out. And, and factor in what he's actually done on the court. It is unbelievable. Ten finals in 17 years. Ten in 17. <laughs> I mean, I don't care that he hasn't won them all. I really, to me, that does it, it, it would matter if he, if he did, but he's won enough, and the fact that he's there, and the fact that he's been there with different franchises, is with different head coaches, different superstars, and he's playing at such an elite level at his age. It's insane. It really is. So we'll talk more about that uh, in, in weeks to come. But thanks for listening today. Uh, man, would love to hear from you. You can shoot me an email, Bryce at unpackingit.com. If you haven't signed up for Unpack This, you missed today's devotional called Here We Go Again about Nick Foles. So go check that out, unpackingit.com. You can sign up to receive the devotional each day in your inbox. A quick thought about sports, faith, and life. Uh, I'm recording this before Monday Night Football can't wait to uh, watch it. Should be a great game. Could go either way. Both teams are awesome. Both teams should be there at the end of the year. So we can feel good at this point. I like both of those teams. The Packers for sure. Bills are for real. I still think the the Rams are for real. Titans are for real. 49ers, they're in the mix, but we'll, we'll see about them injury-wise. But they, they should feel decent after that win. It was a convincing win. And then Pittsburgh's for real. Um, outside of that... Yeah, New England, Bucks not there yet. So those are the teams I'm 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 feeling good about. Seattle, of course, they're the best. Uh then the Colts. So it's fun. Man, it's great. And the Giants and the Jets stink. So that's how that's how we feel uh after week three, at least uh, up until Monday night football. Uh look out for the fantasy football fellowship podcast. I'll get into more individual players, fantasy stats, a wild weekend in fantasy. Uh, a lot of guys let you down. A lot of guys surprised out of nowhere. So check out that podcast as well. Corey Miller uh, will join us on the podcast. Uh, We'll talk football and faith with him, uh, former NFL player, and uh, just an awesome guy. So uh, we'll be encouraged by him as well. But have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast. And as always, I wrap it up by saying this. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected, and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Thanks for listening. We'll talk soon. See you. Bye.